Welcome back to Americanish. My name is Maryam Waba. And I'm Adela Kochab. And together we are the Daughters of Diaspora. Today we are blessed to be joined by Yaroslava Zaitseva. So Maryam and I talk a lot about identity. And, you know, she went to Fordham, I went to NYU, and you are from Ukraine and you went to Colombia. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and your family? Of course, yeah. Identity is a really interesting question because I do uh, question myself sometimes uh, when people ask me whether or not I'm like more Americanized or more Ukrainian. Um, I like to think that I took the bo- uh, the best of both cultures, uh, but right now I do feel very much Ukrainian, I feel like. Um, I'm originally from a small town in the eastern Ukraine. Um, that's um, the infamous part of Ukraine that's been occupied by Russia for the past eight years. Um, I started my education in Kiev, in Kiev National University uh, of Karpenko-Kari. Um, and um, if you guys know about the revolution that happened in 2014, um, I was a part of it, um, rather of a witness. Um, I had a camera, I was in film school, um, I was super passionate about documentaries. So uh, when everything started in November, I just took my camera, I took my crew, and we went out there and um, kind of witnessed all the things that were happening and that changed my perspective about the press, about the world, um, about the meaning of the press um, for a long time, about the perspective of the press in Ukraine. Um, so that kind of inspired me to um, look for other opportunities. And I came here to the U.S. in the summer of 2015. Um, I decided to stay. Uh, I applied, um, you know, started learning English on my own here because when I moved here, I did not speak a word. Um, I met really good people who helped me along the way. Um, and then I just applied to school, um, got my degree here, completely changed the field of studies. Um, I'm an econ degree now, <laughs> very different from a film school, completely different structure. Uh, but again, I was uh, motivated by giving back to the community um, and helping the people who did not have the same resources many of us have had. Um, so um, that's why now I'm a financial advisor. So we've been reading the news. We've been hearing the news. We've been paying attention to everything coming out of Ukraine. But your family's still there. So what have you been hearing from them? Um, so very fortunately, um, we were able to take our mom from Kiev. She was there. Um, so basically since 2014, when the eastern Ukraine was occupied, she had to leave. Um, she actually was able to catch the last train before um, the Russian forces destroyed the railroad. So um, she was a refugee once. And this time when Russia brought up over 100,000 troops to the Ukrainian border, um, I just did not have a good feeling. I was losing sleep since April. Um, so it took me hours of convincing, and but I was um, destined, we're not doing this again, we're not making my mom a refugee again, she's not losing her home again, um, without a warning. So we brought her here just to, um, you know, um, snowbird, uh, but unfortunately the war did start. Um, so I'm lucky to have her here, but my grandma is there, um, the rest of my family is still there. Um, my friends, you know, they first few days they were just um, in uh, shelters, without um, many of them without electricity, without hot water. So it's just inhumane conditions that people are living in. 
And, um, you know, I feel guilty for being safe here. They feel guilty often for being safe in the shelter. So they feel like they need to fight. They need to be a part of it. And everyone's doing whatever they can. They're volunteering. They're cooking. Um, you know, um, their grandmas needing holsters for uh, weapons for, um, you know, the volunteer military. And it's very much a volunteer military supplied by volunteers um, that's fighting the second best supply military in the world. Wow. wow. Have, how have you seen the media play into all of this? Um, definitely media is playing a very important role in all of this just to keep people informed because pe informed people are making the right decisions. Um, I'm, of course, very appalled by some uh, politicians um, taking advantage of the situation to judge their opponents by what um, decisions they're making towards Ukraine. This is not... Um, I, th I think this is just insensitive and it's not a good topic to get back at your opponent. Um, and of course, some uh, journalists uh, uh, expressed their opinions about how cultured Kiev is compared to, you know, um, other places where refugees have been pouring from um, in the past few years into Europe. So um, I definitely do not appreciate the judgment of someone's culture. Um, neither Ukrainian nor other countries that those um, journalists have mentioned. But overall, I think that journalists are making a um, beautiful job of describing, you know, um, there's so many journalists from like New York Times and the Washington Post that went there and stayed there to um, just explain to the world how horrible the situation is. Yeah. Americans are watching and something that stuck with me and it stuck with a lot of other people is how... Um, President Zelensky has kind of stepped up and he's become a, a hero of sort in American media. How are Ukrainian citizens and Ukrainian people living abroad looking at President Zelensky and his leadership so far? Uh, he is definitely a national hero in everyone's eyes right now because um, everyone knows by now that he's a retired comedian and an actor. Uh, he was a voiceover for major cartoons that Ukrainian children grew up with, so he was always the, you know, the good guy in the cartoons, uh, which totally makes sense because he really did step up to the opportunity, to the role. He shows his leadership. He records these short videos to um, just keep keep it up um, for people, you know, to keep fighting because he's fighting. He did not. Um, leave the capital, his, his family's there, his kids are there, his um, entire cabinet of um, ministers is there. So it de definitely shows the, um, he's definitely leading by example. And, you know, you were very present in 2014. You had your camera, you were a film student, you were taking an active role. So how do you see social media now in 2022 changing this? Do you feel like it's been able to reach more people? Do you think that the president's videos have been able to unify people? Yeah, certainly. I know that my uh, friends in Ukraine who wake up every morning and do a count, you know, who is alive, they're waiting for that second check mark on the messages to make sure that their friend, family member is still alive, that they at least read the message. Um, first thing they check every morning besides their family members being alive is Zelensky's messages uh, because it's just so meaningful that there's um, somebody with that same mentality to fight for their homeland um, just like every other Ukrainian is doing. And I see that you've been very active on social media sharing as much as you can how to help in Ukraine more information. 
So if there's anything that you think the typical American person should know, what would you tell them? Um, I would certainly tell them that it's a huge misconception, it's a huge mistake that people think it's a Ukrainian problem, that it's a localized co conflict, that it's just, you know, one Soviet Republic is fighting over a different Soviet Republic, we're all Russian, we're not. Um, it's a war, and it should be called a war, and it should be treated as such. Um, it's uh, an invasion, and when people think it's a localized conflict, they don't realize that there's been a shelling of Zaporizhka nuclear power plant, which can create a um, um, disaster six times the Chernobyl. That Chernobyl that's been covered by um, a sarcophagus is... Um, um, because of the large equipment um, around it, because of the Russian equipment, uh, there has been the movement in the sarcophagus, so um, there's more radiation coming out. Um, and also the fact that Putin will likely not stop on Ukraine. Um, he started with Moldova, he did a war in Georgia, um, now it's Ukraine. Um, if he's not stopped now, uh, he will soon run out of countries that are not NATO members. So what the West is doing right now is just delaying the war. You cannot de-escalate if the other side decided to fight. Mm -hmm. um, so that's my main concern. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for taking the time to share this with our audience. We are Americanish. Stay tuned for more. See you soon.